so what you need. I'll need a, a credit card that's got no limit and a big black chair with a bedroom in it. Gonna join the mile high club at 37,000 feet. Money talks, get you there. I want a new tour bus full of old guitars. My star on We're back. You're listening to Money Talks, your trusted resource for your money, your future, your life. I'm Troy Harmon. Here with Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keen doing an all-research show uh, just to kick the year off. And uh, we did want to talk about the year that was and the year that we believe is uh, is heading in here. A uh, lot of change in the short few days in the uh, beginning of 22. Um, so, guys, S&P 500 in uh, 2021 gained 28.68% as we recovered from covid uh, or continued to recover from COVID and uh, uh, that really racked the economy in early 2020. Uh, energy led the way up 54.35%. Real estate gained 46.14%. Financials up almost 35 Information technology, 345 Materials, 2728 Way down at the bottom, the least of all gainers was up 17.67% and that would have been utility sector. So uh, guys, we've seen some stories that a lot of the performance was actually relatively concentrated. But um, when you have companies like Tesla and NVIDIA and Google or better known these days as Alphabet, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Facebook or Meta platforms and uh, Amazon, who make up such a great uh, percentage of the weight in the uh, S&P 500, and they have such phenomenal returns, the case has been made that approximately 33 to 35% of the overall return in the S&P 500 for 2021 was driven by those few names, seven companies that I just named. Didn't we have that previously with the FANG stocks? Uh, yeah, the previous year was yeah. similar to that. Yeah, I was gonna and, say, and it, it was, was all growth driven. You know, there was a, there's been a huge thing. I mean, market breadth is something we've talked about for months and months now, I feel like. And it's, it's a trend that has persisted through much of 2021. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you look under the hood to sort of piggyback on before we jumped on the break, what's sort of holding up the growth trade right now is the mega caps right the you know the market generals i mean you look at apple microsoft nvidia google amazon basically since march have returned in aggregate 46 percent. the other 495 names 14 percent. yep yeah so but you compare that to we're looking you know 2021 numbers well top performing sectors are that cyclical value that we're talking about energy real estate right. financials yeah so something is happening with those speculative growth names you know the, the past year or so right um where they're, they're not really keeping up with the cyclical value but the mega cap growth is still, still performing yeah, well really big right so maybe maybe potentially that's a vulnerability into 2022 if you know the leaders start to start to um, you know lose some strength a bit. Thinking yeah. about um, you know those top five, top six, top seven companies really leading the sure. way. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I've done a little bit of work, and I know I've talked to you guys about it, but I do want to share it. Um, and it's a relatively simplistic model that uh, that I put together, uh, just trying to see using the the price to earnings ratio. Uh, 
how it might forecast the next 12-month returns, uh, the next five-year annualized return, and the next 10-year annualized return. And I'm going to go ahead and throw the numbers out. Over the next 12 months, this model tells me that uh, given where we started the year, the S&P 500 is likely to put out 5.24%. Now, I'll tell you this. That's in 2022? Yes, 2022, a gain of 5.24%. The standard deviation here is 15%. So the range is it could make as much as 21%. It could lose as much as 10.5%. And that's just starting with the price to earnings ratio there. Now, as you get, it's the most bizarre thing. I mean, I wouldn't dream of telling you what happens in the next five years in any other manner, but believe it or not, with financials and and with uh, market performance, you actually get a lower standard deviation the further out you go. Uh, So the five-year, according to this model, tells me 6% return annualized over the next five years. Uh, standard deviation is much lower. High end, 13.95%. Low end, negative 1.95%. Well, I, I think, you know, if you just want to speak in generalities, you look back at the last three years of market returns, right? Right. And we had oh. 29, 18, 32% returns on the S&P 500. Right. Just intuition tells you that you don't have consistent years of this large of returns when the long-term average is 10%. Right. To get back to average, we're going to have years that need to be significantly lower than, than the years right. that we've just had. Yeah. And and let's talk about it. The P-E ratio at the end of 2021 was 26.21. The long-term average is about 16 and a half. So you have overvaluations. I think there's, you know... I think that's that's just scratches the surface of the level of overvaluation. Though. Yeah, in certain, well. in, in certain areas. If you look at measures like the Buffett measure, market cap to GDP, GDP we're as overvalued as we were in the tech bubble, if not yeah, more. Right, which currently. is scary. Um, right. So basically building out our forecast, like you said, Troy, it's tough to forecast out a year ahead, but as we get into the financial planning con- context, I think right. across measures, use PE, market cap to GDP, uh, Schiller PE, like there's right. plenty of measures we can use to forecast over you know a 10 year planning horizon. I think looking in the rear view mirror, it's been really great. Right. Looking yeah, no ahead through the windshield, we might be talking, you know, five, six percent returns, if not a little below that or a little above that. Right. Well, it's been great as far as, like you said, looking in the rearview mirror. But if you stop and think what we went through while we were getting those returns, it was enough to give you an ulcer. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of negatives in the market. Let's go ahead and throw this number out. My 10 year projected return, 3.59% annualized, which is significantly lower than the 10.5% annual average. Uh, if you, again, apply that standard deviation, which gets much lower, once again, about 3.5%, you're saying 7.08% on the high end, down to almost flat, 0.09% annualized over the next 10 years. And and again, you know, this is just a simplistic model using price to earnings ratio. Uh, the 10 year is, is one that I would be a whole lot more confident in than the 12 month for sure. Uh, just because the, you know, as you see, the range is, is really wide on the short end, uh, about 30%. So about a 15% standard deviation in a, in a case like that. But, um, you know, I, I think what it's telling us is the market is overvalued relative to the long term. And I could just throw the number out as I have already 26.2 
on the year-end price-to-earnings ratio relative to that longer-term average. Nick, your point is absolutely spot on. You can't consistently make 20-plus percent return and wind up with an average of 10.5. And that 10.5% average on an annualized basis goes all the way back to 1925. Well, let's talk about like actionable ideas for our listeners, though. Sure. Because 10 years is a long time. So like moving into 2022, what's our advice? I mean, for me, I'm looking at over the past three years, growth has outperformed the index by 28%. Right. Values underperformed the index by 28%. I think we kind of have a tale of two markets here, an opportunity set where with rates moving higher, with you know an economic expansion coming, um, or it was sort of like mid-cycle feeling here, maybe that's how you sort of delever the risk in an overvalue market. Sure. So people looking at their portfolio, if they own a lot of these high-flying names, maybe perfect time to rebalance. Sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. With with a bit of a focus on value-oriented sectors. Yeah, I think you know to touch on what Jacob said. Looking ahead into the year, we know that financial conditions are going to tighten. Right. Right. Interest rates are rising. So, I mean, not not favorable for for stocks as a whole, but more so not favorable for growth stocks. Right. Not favorable for risk, really, in general, given valuations and, you know, the Fed tightening. And I think just from an earnings growth standpoint, you have to look at, you know, talk about facing tough comps. We're coming off a year when when we were flush with stimulus money. Right. Yeah. We're talking about this year, 40 over 40 percent earnings growth, whereas into next year, I think. Estimates are eight, nine percent, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, well, we would like to continue the conversation as to you know kind of where we are in the economy. Uh, talk, uh, especially some macroeconomics. I know we all have opinions. They don't always mesh. They're not always the same. It wouldn't be good if we all brought the same opinion to the table. Uh, but in reality, let's talk a little about uh, where we are. Probably big themes for the year. I'll go ahead and kick that off. Obviously, inflation and interest rates rising, um, you know, we'll fleck in a few uh, pieces of investment advice and what we think might work as we go along. So, guys, the table's open. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think? Uh, as far as as far as like the top hits, when you're talking inflation, when you're talking rising interest rates, right. really, it's sort of like we all know what what typically happens in an economic cycle, like the Fed hikes right. tightens interest rates yeah. into economic in, inevitable recession, recession. Yeah. right ultimately so it's like can we this year find a way to sort of engineer a, a soft landing where we transition from like mid cycle to late cycle right. um the fed sort of toes the line and brings inflation down to you know under four under three two and a half percent something like that right which is going to be tough when we're talking about a labor market that feels really tight we right. still have supply chain issues yeah, to work and out. even in the last two months we had like four and a half million people just up and quit their job i've seen yeah. this report in multiple cases oh yeah you turn on financial news it's the headlines every single day now you know right. everybody quitting their job and, and moving into higher paying i mean when the labor market's that tight that's the situation it's you create. Time to move, right. I guess. But is that service industry moving into that's not just service or industry? Or is it, is it's it, across. It's across. Talking. It's across industries. Okay. In fact, right. if you look at the specific industries that it's affecting, sure, it it, yeah, well, no, it notes it. the yeah. services industries like hospitality and, and and dining, but it also talks of business services, things like that. Right. So yeah. it's yeah. not just you know low paying 
jobs that you're seeing this in. Yeah, these, okay, so it is, is it is across all industries. Yes. But, but like like Jacob said, we're in a situation where we still expect there to be decent economic growth in 2022. Right. Um, but inflation by historical standards is expected to remain high. I mean, how do we? There's we're no. We're not playbook. going to go from eight percent inflation down to two back down to two percent inflation. Uh-huh. Like that, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Not, well, not since we've been alive. There's no playbook since we've been alive. Agreed. I mean, you're talking almost seven percent inflation when unemployment's really like we're structurally employed right yeah. now. Yeah, right. Yeah, four. Um, but they're expecting what four point one tomorrow. Yeah. So we get jobs report tomorrow with forecast for uh, four hundred thousand jobs to be added. So sure. we've gotten the we've gotten the snapback in the labor market. Right, for the most part. But a lot of folks still quitting. They they're looking at that Jolts report, the job openings, labor know, turnovers. Yeah, right. And and uh, you're seeing a lot of folks that are quitting for a and, better job. And, and and they're available. And when you look at the business side, it's difficult to plan in the supply chain environment, right? So right. there's there is the potential that businesses overinvest trying to catch up to demand at a time where consumer confidence is weakening and maybe, you know, we let some air out of the equity markets. Sure. Um, so it's sort of it's it's sort of interesting to think about that into like second half of next year, you know, how do we transition into this hiking cycle tightening trying to tame inflation and it's all good it's can we maintain the 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 uh trajectory of growth it's uh, all going to hinge have? on that on on how the fed proceeds and i think you know despite the fact that the market is acting quite negatively to the fed minutes that we got on wednesday i still believe that whether or not they they should be so cautious the fed is going to be extremely extremely careful in what they do. I think that they, they are, whether or not, I think we all agree that the Fed needs to take action, tightening needs to happen, right, but right. whether or not they should run fiscal po- monetary policy this way, they are gonna look at how the market reacts and they are going to take that into account largely, in my opinion. Yeah. They are not gonna sit here and cause the stock market I think if they can. I think it's if a matter they if they right. can. Sure. Well, one of the because if they can't tame inflation, into. then they they can't care about the market anymore. Right. Sure. Well, one thing you swerved into fiscal policy. Uh, I mean, what are we going to get there? Uh, we we had uh, great question. You know, we had two people basically. One, uh, Joe Manchin, put the brakes on a huge spending bill just before the end of the year. It was talked about that, oh, they'll get it before the end of the year. Then it was, you know, maybe within the first month of the new year. And that's even questionable at this point. I think even beyond that, something that I've read quite a bit of lately that doesn't get as much publicity is how cash rich smaller municipalities are, state governments, local governments, from all this stimulus money that's just piled up that they haven't really spent. They haven't dispersed that money. Yeah, there's a lot of money on the sidelines. In fact, uh, I read uh, a story, I think it was Paulson was talking about, um, you know, where there's 10% uh, savings rate among consumers right now. I thought it had gone lower than that. But as I was reading, that was that's where he's pounding the table. You know, there's a lot of money on the sidelines. And, and what does, what happens with that? I, that tends to be inflationary, too, right? Uh, that's the reason that demand is demand is high. Uh, if you had more government spending, I, I'm afraid that the Fed very well might not be able to do anything as far as rising Curbing inflation. Yeah, but I mean, you you raise interest rates, you slow the economy down at the time that you're having government spending. I, that just sounds like a mess to me. Um, but you know, again, I mean, the Fed's record isn't too too great. 
Well, that's the reason that I'm most concerned. And, and there's a lot of folks that are saying just that. Um, you know, Jacob, I know you talked about a soft landing. How often does that happen? Um, I think uh, 2016 was a pretty good example of but, sort of a soft landing where that, that could have that could have sort of cratered into a recession. But again, when you're when you're looking at risk, we're getting towards that period where it's yeah, we could continue this economic cycle for another three, four, five years, of course. Sure. But we're getting to this period right now, moving into 2022, where when you think about risk, I think you should be taking less risk now than you were before when we were really yeah. strongly recovering. And to that end, I think my personal forecast is for rates to continue to move higher. I think so. Especially long-term rates. Yep. And then when we think about how you want to allocate in equities, like we've already hit on this, I think something as simple as saying the Dow is going to outperform the NASDAQ or value is going to outperform growth is yeah. a great place to start. Yeah. And, and I think portfolio. trying to take advantage of inflation while it rips, uh, you know, you're still dealing with uh, energy prices that are Well, it's are the same value-oriented sectors that, Consumer that, staples, that do well right. in inflationary times. Exactly. Uh, financials have done well lately. I don't know how much more steepening of the yield curve we might see. Um, fixed income. If you're going to own bonds, you probably Tough. ought to keep them. You, you got to keep the maturity short. Yeah. Right? Duration short. Uh, floating, I still think floating rates. Muni's muni's look relatively attractive. Right. Yeah. I, well, and that's the thing about. I mean, we talked. We just talked about the, the municipalities being flush, flush with, with cash. cash. Right. Yeah. Your your credit uh, is probably uh, not a huge risk there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things to be said, but. I like everything you guys are saying as far as, you know, when it comes to value versus growth, Dow versus NASDAQ. There's a lot of reasons. Yes, it's it's not it's it's not sort of like a base case playbook. But when you look back to what happened in 2000. Yeah. And assume that things are kind of similar to that. There there are some similarities. No, what worked after that after that was, you know, cyclical value. Yeah. From when the market actually topped to when we had a recession was a lag of you know, 18 months. So, uh, I mean, keeping that in the back of your mind as far as like moving into 2022, 2023, there, there's a, a reasonable um, probability of that being an outcome, you know? Absolutely. We yeah. sort of unwind this really massive growth trade that we've had yeah, it's for been four or five years now. And, and very uh, dense, as we've already pointed out, seven stocks making up a third of the overall return. Uh, that's, I don't know if that's, precedented or you know if we've got a precedent that shows that in the past but that's been that's been pretty eye-opening no doubt all right guys i hate to even ask but uh it is that time of the show what do you think in the common week market up or down oh next for week. the year or for the or week? next week <laughs> next week i th- uh, i think we bounce off the uh the sell-off we've had this week it's been pretty significant so you i think, think you get some dip buyers in there and mark it up next Jacob. week oh yeah we'll bounce okay how about you matthew you know, I'll have to uh, agree with the consensus. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's a, a great thought. Thank you. <laughs> Kelly Lynn. Yes. I'll even ask you, what do you think? Mark, Mark it up. up. There we go. All right. Thank you. Get us out of here. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. 
The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.